I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Santana and she takes us through the pregnancy and birth story with her daughter Phoenix. Santana is a single mum and she talks about falling pregnant unexpectedly and then takes us through her pregnancy journey where she ended up having extra growth scans because they suspected her baby would be on the smaller side. After a later growth scan in her pregnancy, she was released from the antenatal clinic and just allowed back under the care of her midwife. She also talks about some birth anxiety and what she did to try and prepare for labour and birth and then into her birth story. So I think that this is a great episode and I'm super grateful that Santana was willing to come on and share her story with us. So I will let you jump into it. Enjoy. Hi Santana, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Um, yeah, so I'm Santana and I'm 23 years old and I'm a single mum to Phoenix who's 10 months old, nearly 11 months old. And yeah, yeah I'm just a stay-at-home mum and I'm also studying health and science from home and nice. planning to go on to nursing next year, hopefully. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> very cool. What part of New Zealand do you live in? Um, I'm in Palmerston North. Oh, beautiful, very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you? i was not planning to have any kids at all I was very um (laughs) anti-children but um yeah so I was in a pretty like dark patch when I did find out I was pregnant and I was just making some very not you know not very smart choices Mm -hmm. and ended up yeah one of those choices led to me (laughs) finding out I was pregnant and yeah yeah and how did you find out um that you were pregnant so did you have like symptoms that made you think Um, maybe you were or you just took a test I did have a lot of typical symptoms but none of which like made me click that I could possibly (laughs) be pregnant but yeah I was feeling like really nauseous and pretty much everything made me gag like I didn't actually start throwing up probably until after I found out I was pregnant but yeah I was just really nauseous and then um I just thought I was like sick maybe so I had a doctor's appointment and 
they could see like how sick I was. So they sent me up to the hospital and then they gave me like a little cup to pee in just to kind of check for an infection. And then they just did like a routine pregnancy test and yeah, I was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. And so did like a nurse end up telling you that you were pregnant Um, or? Yeah. So I had a support worker with me like in the waiting room and the nurse like called me and, and my support worker was like, Oh, do you want me to come in? And the nurse was like, no, there's something like I need to tell Santana like in private. Oh. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Like, Oh no. I was like, what's she going to tell me? And then she was like, you're pregnant. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a surprise. Yeah. And how did you sort of process that? I guess like obviously finding out initially is such a shock, but then, um, yeah, how did you go sort of processing that over the next little while? Um, I, I, like, as soon as she told me, I was like, there's no way. Like, you're screwing with me right now. Like, I'm not screwing with you. And I, like, probably accused her at least, like, three or four times. I was like, no. Like, there's no way. And then I think I just cried. And, yeah, like, just, like, didn't know what to do. I just, like, went into shock, I think. But yeah. I was terrified. <laughs> Yeah, and what sort of happened from there? Did you know that, like, you had to find a midwife and you knew where to do that or, yeah, how no, did you find I had all of that? no idea what to do. So they, like, admitted me for some fluids, like, just in the emergency department. And mm. then, like, and there they did a couple of little scans just to, because they were worried it could be, like, an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, those kind of came back clear. So they were like, okay, you're good to go. And, like, didn't really... <laughs> tell me what to do so the next day I went to like my normal GP and like when you go and you have to fill in this little form like of why you're there and I'm like I wrote on it like talk about pregnancy and so she like walked in and was like what's what's this about and I'm like yeah apparently I'm pregnant (laughs) and she gave me like another little test to do and was like yep you're definitely pregnant and then she kind of walked me through what to do next yeah yeah, and so did you find the process of finding a midwife okay? I was all right. She kind of showed me, like, how to go on the website to yeah. find one, and then um, they all had, like, pictures of them, and there was, like, some older ladies and then some younger ones, and the older ladies looked scary, so I just went for, like, someone that looked young and looked nice and then kind of texted them and was like, apparently I'm pregnant, I don't know what to do, like, yeah. help. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, pretty much went from there. Cool, awesome. And what was the rest of your first trimester like? Did you have many other symptoms that sort of came um, up throughout that trimester? Yeah, I was throwing up like pretty much all day for the first trimester and I was staying in like a little sleep out and the toilet was in the main house mm. and I never made it inside in time. And so yeah. the grass outside my room was like dead from just how much like oh no, I was throwing up and I pretty much just would sleep all day because if I was sleeping, I wasn't throwing up and yeah, yeah, had fluids like quite a bit in the hospital and just the only thing that really helped me was just drinking ice cold water like all day. Mm. Yeah, that's not very nice. And did you do the sort of standard testing at 12 weeks? Um, yeah, so I had like a dating scan and then at 12 weeks I did like the blood test, I think it yeah. was. And then, yeah, I did the scan and everything looked good. There's no worries. Yeah, nice. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Did you do 
the other testing that your midwife offered to you and did you find out the sex of your baby? Yeah, so I found out at 20 weeks that, you know, she was a girl and then I think I did the glucose test. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I just went straight to the, was it two or three hours? The two-hour one, yeah. Yeah, I just went straight to that one. Um, So I was pregnant in lockdown, so they weren't really doing much, so... I think just because I had a family history of diabetes, she kind of just sent me straight to that one and yeah, it was fine. So there was nothing to worry about. Yeah, so then I had at 29 weeks, I just hadn't really felt her move like very much. And I kind of like rung my midwife and she like sent me up to the hospital and it was kind of from there that I had a lot more tests done. <laughs> yeah, and what was that for? So what, what was the... um. I guess the rest of the screening or the rest of the scans that you had to do, um, what were they for? So, like, her movements were fine. They just said that I couldn't really feel her because I had an anterior placenta. So uh, yeah. Yeah. she was, like, behind and kind of more to the back. But the doctor kind of, like, had a bit of a feel of my tummy and said that she thought baby might be a bit small and then kind of sent me for a growth scan. And then the growth scan showed that her, like, abdominal, is it the abdominal circumference? Mm. That was smaller and she was probably about in the 15th percentile for weight. So um, they followed up with the hospital and then from there I had to have like weekly scans because she dropped from the 15th to the 5th percentile for her weight. Yeah. And then, yeah, just <laughs> I had um, a scan every week to check her fluid and blood flow and then growth scanned every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And did you do any antenatal classes or any birth education in the lead up to your birth? Um, so I did antenatal classes, but I just did it one on one with like the like teacher, I guess, yeah. whoever yeah. she was, because it was in the middle of lockdown. And oh, okay, yeah, I had an option to either like kind of do it online or do it one to one. And yeah, I just did it one to one, but. I felt like it was more painful that way because she just, like, read from a book the whole time. (laughs) It was, like, done in, like, three weeks. I did, like, kind of look into, like, more stuff about, like, growth restrictions and stuff like that just to kind of prepare myself, but I just made myself more overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sometimes it feels like that. And did you know that you'd be giving birth in lockdown or what Um, level of lockdown would we have been in at that stage? Oh, so... Like, I did most of my pregnancy in, like, level four and then level three. So by the time I kind of, like, started having – I did a few of my scans, like, alone. And then we kind of went to level two and then level one. So I didn't actually have to birth during lockdown. It was just more – the pregnancy and all my tests were over the lockdown. Yeah, okay. Oh, and did you have many thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go, like a birth plan or sort of, yeah, what were your thoughts there? Um, I literally just wanted, like, drugs. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> yeah. so terrified about giving birth. And I remember, like, my midwife asking where I wanted to give birth. And I was like, anywhere that I'm, I can get drugs because, like, I'm not, this is not going to go mm. well. And I was just so, like, anxious about it. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. wanted pain relief. Like, I just wanted to go and get an epidural and, like, hopefully like sleep my labor away or something I don't know (laughs) yeah and what was her sort of guidance on that so when you told Um, her how anxious you were she was fine like she just 
literally had my birth plan is to like come out unscarred like she yeah. just said like if I wanted something just ask and like we would do it like she was like tried to kind of let me know that like it would be okay but yeah it didn't matter I could do what I needed to do to get through yeah yeah cool and did you do anything in preparation for birth like antenatal expressing or were you trying to like go into labor before um, your due date so I was seeing the hospital like every couple of weeks and they were going to possibly like induce me like either early or like by 40 weeks. Okay. And that was because of the size? Yeah, because of yeah. the size. But then I had a growth scan at like 38 weeks and three days and all of a sudden she'd grown. Oh, wow. And so um, I went to the hospital like the next day for my appointment and he was like, oh, I have some good news and I have some bad news. And he said, like, the good news is, like, baby's growing, but the bad news is, like, we're just going to let you go to 42 weeks. I was yeah. like, what the heck? So all of a sudden, like, I thought, like, maybe, I thought being induced would kind of, like, be easier so I would know, like, what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, like, <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And so did you just go home from the hospital and wait it out? Um, yeah, I kind of went home. I had the biggest cry for, like, two days and then um I seen my midwife at like 39 weeks and she you know said everything was good so I kind of just went home and like I think I drank like two cups two or three cups of raspberry leaf tea and then like brought a big container of pineapple into these of squats and lunges <laughs> to try and like get this baby out <laughs> yeah and so did anything end up working do you want to take us through when you went into labour, was it spontaneous and how far along you were? Um, yeah, so at 39 weeks and one day, um, that was, I was doing like a whole bunch of kind of like squats and stuff. And I think I could feel her like getting lower. Mm. Like it was so weird. But then, yeah, um, I was kind of laying in bed and like noticed some contractions and started timing them. And they were probably like 10, 15 minutes apart. And this was about like three o'clock in the afternoon and then they kind of like died out overnight, um, which was pretty guttering. And yeah. then the next day, like nothing really happened. I just drank a whole bunch more of raspberry leaf tea and like everything I could think of. And then that night about like 10.30, I was kind of laying in bed and like eating a whole bunch of chocolate and then all of a sudden, like, I felt really wet, and I was like, did I just pee my pants? <laughs> like, this is horrible, and I, like, ran to the bathroom, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm peeing my pants, and, like, got to the toilet and realized it was, like, pink, and I was like, oh, maybe that's my waters, <laughs> and yeah, I rung my midwife, and I'm like, I don't know if I just peed my pants or if my waters broke, <laughs> and, like, I described them to her, and she's like, nah, that's, like, your water's and because it was so late at night, she was kind of, like, trying to get some sleep and, like, um, if nothing starts, like, by lunchtime tomorrow, like, come up to the hospital and we'll, yeah. like, go from there. So, yeah, I kind of tried to go back to sleep, but I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, about one thirty in the morning, like, I noticed contractions. They were probably about, like, five minutes apart and, like, 40 seconds long. And then... Yeah. Yeah, kind of just, like, tried to sleep in between them. And then it got to probably, like, 5 or 6 a.m. And they were, like, two or three minutes apart and, like, getting longer. Yeah. And, like, they were painful. Like, they were pretty painful from the start. But then, like, 
they'd be gone and then like painful again. So yeah. they were kind of like all over the place from the beginning. And yeah, I got to, I think about 9am and I like rang my midwife and I was like, I'm over and like it's hurting. And so she told me to come up. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I got there at about 9.30 a.m. And then, yeah, she kind of checked me and, like, monitored me for a little bit. But I was only one centimeter. Yeah, and how did you find finding out that you were only one centimeter? Like, what did that oh, make you feel? I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'm being such a sook. And I'm like, <laughs> only like one centimeter. I was like, this is like ridiculous. And um, they were going to kind of like keep me in and like see what was happening. But the delivery suite was like super full. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'll oh, come back at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Like if you haven't had baby by then. And yeah, I kind of went home like about 1 p.m. And, like, the walk back to the car was horrible because you had to walk around the whole hospital just to get yeah. back to the car. And, like, every time I walked, I was, like, getting a contraction. So it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And so once you got back home, what sort of happened from there and how mm-hmm. did your labor progress? Yeah, so I got home probably about, like, one thirty, And I kind of just, like, I tried to have a bath and then, like, kind of, like, bounce on my ball. But, like, I didn't really handle every contraction well. Like, a contraction would come and I'd kind of just, like, throw myself on the floor and, like, curl up in a ball <laughs> and cry. And then, like, it'd pass and I'd, like, carry on. But, um, yeah, so I kind of just, like, waddled around home for a couple of hours. And then my sister and my nephews turned up probably about, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And my sister's like, let's go for a walk, you know, try to get this going. And, like, as soon as I started walking, like, the contractions were, like, back to back. Like, it was horrible. And I was like, every time I walked, I felt like I was going to pee my pants. Yeah. So she, like, we just went back home. I think we got, like, three houses down the road. And, like, <laughs> I'd probably had, like, ten contractions in that time. Like, yeah, yeah. It was horrible. So we kind of just went back home. And, like, I just sat on the toilet for probably, like, a good half an hour. And then, yeah. like, hopped in the shower. And I just laid on the shower floor till the water went cold. Because it was, like, the only thing that made it, like, bearable. Um, yeah. So I was probably in the shower from, like, 5 p.m. until, like, 6 p.m. And then the water went cold. And I tried to get out. But every time I moved, like, a contraction would come on. And it would just be, like, so painful. And so, like, I just had to lay there on the bathroom floor for, like, a good 45 minutes while I tried to get dressed. Yeah. And then I got out of the shower and pretty much just, like, crawled to my bed and laid on my bed and just like by this point the contractions were pretty much like unbearable and I just wanted like everyone to leave me alone and just like cry and I was like shaking with them and like I think I could started to feel like the urge to push like um and like I'd sort of like push but like not really know what I was doing and I was like and every time I pushed it felt better so I was like what the heck like but I didn't really click like what was going on and like how far 
like it had progressed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of all sped up in the shower because I was kind of like so relaxed, like I didn't realize. <laughs> Yeah, and so did you contact your midwife again at any stage, or what happened um, there? Yeah, so we rang her about like seven thirty, and she was like, "Come up to the hospital." And then I kind of stood up, and I was like, "Oh, like I need, I need a, I think I need a poop." Like, <laughs> and so I like went and sat on the toilet, and like they were kind of like getting the car ready, and then like I'm like, okay, like I didn't poop, so I was like, all right, and I tried to stand back up, and then every time I'd stand up, I'd be like, no, I need to poop again. Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. And um, my mum like was kind of just like standing there, and she seen it like my body was pushing on its own, and she was like, oh shit, <laughs> and like <laughs> called the ambulance because she's like, nah, this baby's like, gotta come Coming. on the toilet. Yeah. yeah, and then um, yeah, so we had to call the ambulance and. I think they probably got there about, like, I don't know, it felt like forever, mm. but I don't know how long, like, until they got there. Yeah, and so did you end up getting taken to the hospital in an ambulance, or what happened um, from there? Yeah, so I had two guys. I had this, like, really kind of, like, older guy, and then a young guy, and they kind of, like, strolled on in, like, all relaxed, and, um, like, everyone was kind of, like, freaking out. And they were like, oh, is this your first baby? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we got all night. It's all right. Like, <laughs> they're like just relax. They gave me, like, the whistle thingy for pain. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they kind of just, like, put me on the stretcher. And, like, they're like, all right. And kind of just, like, started driving. And then they, like, put me in the ambulance. And the paramedic that was in the back of me pulled out, like, a ruler. I have no idea why. And, um... He pulled out a ruler and he was like measuring around down there. And I was like, what the heck is he doing with a ruler? Like, don't touch me. Mm. And um, he comes back up. He's like, oh, you're only like two centimeters. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> so when is a ruler used for that? But um, yeah, it turns out afterwards that he was actually measuring like how much of her head he could see. Oh my gosh. And he could see like <laughs> two centimeters of her head. So he thought I was only like two centimeters dilated. Right. But um, yeah, he, um, the paramedic in the back with me was, like, just freaking out. He was, like, pacing up and down the back of the ambulance. <laughs> like, he had no idea, like, he could see the head. And then he's, like, um, like, at first he thought it was the cord. So then he's panicking because he thought we had, like, a cord prolapse. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was just, he was not very um, helpful. I was <laughs> like, he just. Yeah. Kind of like had a panic attack the whole way to the hospital. Mm. <laughs> think, Did you have anyone with you? Um, my mum was up the front oh, of yeah. the ambulance, up next to the driver, and um, yeah, like the paramedic up the front. I remember him like telling the paramedic that was with me. He's like, "You need to pull it together. Like you're freaking everyone out." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "What the heck?" I'm just like screaming. I'm trying to tell them. I'm like, "It's just a poo. Like just." Let me go home. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had no idea what was going on. And then, yeah, I think we got to the hospital at, like, 8.30. Like, they, like, dumped me onto the hospital bed. And the midwife took, like, one look and was like, oh, it's just your baby. Like, she's coming. Like, (laughs) push. I mean, yeah. It all kind of started there. Yeah, wow. So were you 10 centimetres then when you got there? Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. I think I was was more than two centimetres in the ambulance. He was just (laughs) not very up. Yeah. Like, as soon as the midwife, like, took one knock and knew that, like, yeah. it was the head. And, like, yeah. um, <laughs> So, yeah, she, like, 
kind of tried to help me push properly because I didn't really know what the heck I was doing at this point. Yeah. I was just like convinced all the way that all I needed to do was poop and like I'm like I just took an ambulance to the hospital for a poop. Like what <laughs> the heck? Like this is crazy. But yeah, um, I think I was pushing for like maybe 20 minutes and then she came out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy that you had so much like anxiety? about birth and you wanted to do it with drugs and you were so sure of it and then <laughs> you went home at like one o'clock you said right in the afternoon and by yep. eight thirty you were back in hospital and you were fully dilated and having your baby yeah it was crazy I think yeah. I felt more like anxious about that because like, I didn't know what was going on like, yes. I think I just switched off and then like my body just did it thing because yeah. I had no idea like I was just in denial I think yeah yeah amazing and so did they put baby up on your chest um yeah. from there um she yeah she I think she came straight like my I think my mum cut the cord and then yeah they like put her straight on me and um I I had a few stitches like not many like um she just said it was just because I was like bleeding I guess but um yeah like I feel like the stitches were worse than anything else (laughs) like (laughs) um yeah and then she kind of just like laid on me and then they kind of helped me to get her to like latch and then yeah yeah, we kind of just chilled in the delivery room for a couple of hours yeah cool and was she as small as what they thought she was um no she so our last growth scan they said she was like six pound nine ounces and then she came out and she was five pound 15 so she was small but like not yeah yeah I I guess they were probably expecting bigger I don't know Yeah. (laughs) yeah And had you picked out her name beforehand? Um, yeah, I think I had. Like, um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but um, yeah. Like, my friend just pretty much sent me a list of baby names and was like, "You need to name your baby." Like, she can't have no name. Yeah, and I liked the name Phoenix, so that yeah. was how she came along. Awesome, cool. And how long did you spend in the hospital? Um, so we stayed like just that one night just because she was um, small. So they had to check her blood sugars and like yeah. her temp every three hours. And then once they'd done like four like good readings, like we were pretty much allowed home. So I think we went home like two o'clock that afternoon. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find that, like taking your baby home and just your whole world's changed, right? So how oh, did you I'm find so that? I was so nervous. Like, yeah. But then I was kind of glad to be home because in the hospital it was, like, just me and her. And, like, um, like I didn't even want to, like, leave the room to, like, go pee because I was like, yeah. I don't want to leave my baby. Like, what am I supposed yeah. to do? Like, and I'd ring the bell and be like, am I allowed to pick her up? Like, she's crying. I had no uh, clue how to look after a baby. Like, yeah. So, like, I was kind of glad to be home because we went back to my mum's. And I was, yeah, just kind of glad to be home and have some help yeah. and be able to pee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. And how did you find, um, I guess, the next couple of weeks and adjusting to mum life? And did you experience any, like, hormonal shifts like the baby blues? Or, yeah, how did you find that? Um, Yeah, so, like, at first, um, I found it really hard to breastfeed. Like, she just couldn't latch properly and she just ended up getting, like, frustrated and, like, screaming. So I just would express and then kind of, like, give her a bottle. And then that was probably, like, for the first week. And then after, like, a week, like one night she just randomly latched and we kind of like breastfed since then and I had like probably the baby blows like day three 
I think. But I think that was more because I was like so over pumping. Like, mm. I just felt like a cow, like, yeah. attached to this pump all day long. And then, um, yeah, like, I think on day three was when I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy like formula. Like, I just don't want to keep like expressing. And then, um, yeah, I think that's what most of the baby blues were about. Like, yes. finding it so hard. And then, yeah, yeah. I just took her like for a couple of hours just so I could like sleep. And then I woke up, I was fine again. Like, yeah yeah cool and what about your like physical recovery from birth how did you find that um yeah I I was probably sore for like two or three days like um and then yeah like probably by like day four like I felt fine again like yeah I was I mean tired and yeah (laughs) so that was about it like I was playing um before I got pregnant I played netball like competitively yeah so like by like um, day 16 like I was like oh message my team and I was like do you guys want an extra player like I'm oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah I just went straight back to netball like yeah yeah and um yeah everything worked fine like physically afterwards like just yeah probably a little bit more unfit than I was before <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool and what about like obviously you've mentioned that you're a single mum so how did you find I know you have your mum and like some family support but how did you find that whole adjustment and and just I guess we have a lot of listeners who are also um, single mums or are pregnant at the moment and will be single mums. So how did you find that whole experience and adjustment and how are you finding it now? I think um, it was it was actually like easier at the start because like I was kind of just like on cloud nine from having this baby and yeah. like I had like so much support and. Yeah. Um, I still do have, like, a lot of support. I think, like, the best thing I did was, like, just have, like, so much support around me, like, from friends and family and, like, my church friends. So, like, um, yeah. And if I even need a break, like, kind of just, like, reaching out. Like, hey, can you just, like, come sit with my baby for, like, two Mm. minutes so I can, like, have a shower? And I think, yeah, that's probably been, like, the hardest bit was just, like, um, not really getting a break. (laughs) Like, just like um but yeah I think it's been like it kind of got a little bit harder as she got older because I'm like oh like I wish you know there's someone to share it with but yeah like, <laughs> but yeah there's so much support like around me and I have so many like helpful yeah like people that like yeah just you definitely need a village like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and what about like when you reflect on your birth now? So I know that you said you were really anxious before it and then maybe you were sort of like in denial what was happening during your labor. But afterwards, I guess now when you think about it, how do you feel and um, do you have like better sort of feelings towards your birth? And yeah, what is that all? How have you processed that? Um, yeah, I think there's like a lot of it that like I don't really remember like yeah. a lot of the details. And I think I did kind of just like shut it off but um I don't know like I guess it is like it's not as daunting as I thought it was gonna be (laughs) like um yeah I think probably if I could like just go back and just be more relaxed yeah and kind of just like it's just amazing like what our bodies do like I was just like pushing on its own and I didn't even know what was going on like (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah I feel like and I think um, like, it was really helpful having, like, my mum there for me. Yeah. And, like, 
um, just having like a really supportive midwife who like knew that I was terrified. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just it was really helpful having like her listening to me and like knowing that I was terrified. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Santana, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I actually think it's really nice that you've, um, you sort of talked through your birth anxiety and then, um, you ended up having a really beautiful birth. So yeah, Yeah. thank you very much for coming on and sharing with us all. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I am looking forward to bringing you another awesome birth story next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.